Hello, welcome to episode 19 of the High Five Down Low podcast. With hello, me, hello. With me as always is my co-host, Demetrio. Greetings. Um, today's topic Greetings. is, if you listen to episode 18, our special guest, Dan Connor, gave us a topic, and the topic was top five B-movies, but he, he made it a little more specific. He said <laughs> older B-movies. Yeah. Pre-1970, so the B-movie has to be something that was made before the year 1970, so. Which isn't hard to do, but for me was harder, because yeah, it was all harder, my B-movies sure. were, I, you know, I grew up on 70s and 80s B-movies for sure. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on HBO and Cinemax and right. cable, cable television, USA yeah. Up All Night. USA Up All Night. Stuff like Elvira. that. Elvira. Yeah, and that was, those were mostly... 80s actually you know yeah a lot of 80s a lot of 70s a lot of 80s late late 70s and i think like for me like being introduced to b movies prior to the 70s if it wasn't for mystery science theater i wouldn't have known any yeah i mean very very few yeah i mean my list is a little bit i don't know a lot of them are stuff i saw when i was younger actually but um i don't know i have some honorable mentions that we'll get to too and uh, like I had to watch. A I kind of mine are kind of like a similar era. Yeah, exactly. And I had to track down a few of these and try to rewatch rewatch some of them instead of just going off of like my memory of it or whatever. But then last night I realized like, oh man, I tracked down this cool movie that I heard about, but I didn't get a chance to finish watching it. So it's gonna have to be an honorable mention, not cool. a top five for sure. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I guess we could just get started and jump right Keep in. Keep going? Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. Since uh, I was talking about Mystery Science Theater, I figured um, I would do one from Mystery Science Theater. Nice. One that I watched and got to know very well okay. because of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And that, for those who don't know or haven't listened to this podcast before, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a television show that came out like in the 90s. Um, it was basically this guy who, with, his, with these two puppets that watched old movies and made fun of him. And it was a great show, great concept and all that stuff. But there was one in particular that I think is considered now like the Citizen Kane of Mystery Science Theater television episodes. All right. And it's Manos, the Hands of Fate. All right. And this is considered, you know, everybody says, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space is the worst movie ever made. When Mystery Science Theater found this movie and did it on their show, people reconsidered it. People reconsidered (laughs) that list because Manos is just... um, I don't even know how to describe what the movie's about. It's about this family that's on vacation somewhere in Texas, and they stop off at this motel that is managed by a guy who's supposed to be like half goat, but it's not. There's no budget in the movie, so he just has really big legs. <laughs> um, and his his the care he's the caretaker, but the guy who owns the motel or is is like this. I don't know what you even call him. He's like a an evil wizard, warlock, devil worshiper guy who just stands around. And then, anyway, it's a bad, bad movie. It was financed and directed by a manure salesman nice. in Texas. <laughs> so well, that tells you all you need yeah. to know about this movie. There's so is it like Manos, the Hands of Fate? Is that like... It's literally, that yeah, like it's me- really hands, hands. in Spanish? It's literally Hands, the Hands of Fate, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this okay. was the only movie that Mystery Science Theater actually apologized to the audience. Wow. For, because it was so bad. Um, 
but it is a classic episode, and I recommend anybody who's uh, who is a fan of uh, B movies and especially a fan of Mystery Science Theater to, to hunt down that episode and, and watch it. I, and I think it's available like on Hulu now or something. Nice. They brought them all out on Hulu, and I think it's you know you get on DVD and stuff. Yeah, I think Mystery Science Theater is going to have a little bit of a revival here. Yeah, too. yeah, um, that their new season's coming out next year, I think. Yeah. Anyway, but that was. Um, it's it's a classic. They got there's a lot of good jokes in that one, so it'll make you laugh for sure. And at times, I think they just kind of stop telling jokes. Like I think they just stop writing jokes at one point and just start laughing at what's happening on the screen, because there's just no words for there's no jokes and no words for what what you're seeing. It's so terrible, such a bad bad movie. But um, but yeah, when I was thinking of B movies, that's the first one that came to mind. Nice. And I think that came out. I think it originally came out in like 19. 66 and everything about the production value is so bad. I mean, I think they had maybe a budget of $18,000. Wow. And so there's, you know, the acting is bad. The the sound is bad. (laughs) The lighting is bad. (laughs) Yeah. Everything about it. I hope that's one of them. I guess they're doing a, a online Turkey day marathon of MST three K this year. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to try to check some of that out and I'm hoping that they include that. Right in the in in that yeah, uh, I mean they have to right they probably have to yeah they have to right it is the classic episode so that's my that's my number five and and more of an ode to mystery science theater than B movies but fair enough (laughs) fair enough okay all right my number five is a film came out in 1961 and it is called The Mask also known as Eyes of Hell. Now this is uh, this is not the Jim Carrey movie. It's or not the movie are with the Eric Stoltz. No share movie. <laughs> no, it's neither one of these. This is the first. Just the first mask. Canadian. Oh. Horror movie in 3D. Canada. So um, <laughs> in 3D. I remember. So I remember as a kid they oh, okay. aired this movie on one of our local channels. I don't know. Must have been like 31 Fox or something. Right. And um, they had like a gimmick where you would go, if you went to 7-Eleven and bought a Slurpee or something or a Big Gulp, I can't remember, mm-hmm. you got the 3D glasses. Oh, to I come watch this. That. Yeah, to come watch. It was like a whole event. Like you would yeah, like. It was a big promotion yeah, for this. Yeah, like, like the weekend. You, it would be like on Saturday night. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And so, um, so the premise of the movie is like there's this uh, site. I guess he's a psychiatrist or psychologist or something. And somebody gifts him this um, mysterious ancient tribal mask. And so, and so, like, whenever he puts on the mask, he, like, he experiences these weird, like, um, <laughs> visions, kind of hallucinations or stuff. So the point of the whole thing was, so whenever he puts on the mask, you're supposed to put on, you're supposed to put on the 3D, the 3D glass. glasses. Yeah, and I think, and then wasn't there, like, a little thing on the on the. Yeah, there's like, like a skull or something. They I think they to prom- alert you to put your glasses on. Yeah, I think on. they prompted you somehow to yeah. do that on yeah. the thing. This is one of those I I was trying to track it down online to rewatch it, you know. Oh man. And I'm kind of just going off my memory of um <laughs> watching it as a kid and I remember the only like it's not the great movie, but the only the cool part is the 3D se- the weird sequences, you know, the dream like mm, sequences mm-hmm. when he when you're supposed to put the glasses on. So right. apparently, you know, that's kind of the um your standard like 3D tropes. Yeah, so like, I was looking. You know, I was even looking on YouTube. Like, is there was like a, a shooting a super water, cut, shooting water a, at a you. super cut of just the 3D sequences <laughs> and cut out the rest of the movie and stuff. But it didn't. But there was an interesting little uh, thing about Joe Dante talking about this movie. Nice, some, uh, nice, some interesting stuff for sure. And um, but apparently it has been re-released on 3D Blu-ray actually. Really, by one of these uh, 
one of these like companies that d- that do these like collectors editions of these yeah, like, like shout and factory stuff. And yeah and something guys. like that it's not shout factory but it's one of those um type of companies i don't know which cool. one for sure cool, but cool, yeah cool. i mean i'd be interested to see that like that just for nostalgia's yeah. sake and i know um some of these other uh companies that re-released these movie soundtracks i guess they did like a crazy super limited edition collector's edition of the soundtrack to this film that i guess huh. it's kind of like the soundtrack yeah i guess it's like kind of like electronica kind of like Whoa. you know i don't know it says the uh, the the pioneering electronic score was built as electro magic sound <laughs> and publicity <laughs> material so i guess like i don't know it's kind of like that's bad kind of like someone's got to bring early back electro magic sound early psychedelic yeah, tell your brother get on that man <laughs> so um the new realm of EDM. So yeah, that's my number five. 1961's The Mask. The Mask. That's a good, good, good call. All right, my number four. Um, I don't think any B movie list could be complete without something from Japan. And Sweet. so mine is going to be um, one that's always kind of been a favorite of mine. I think I, I have. Um, I don't know. Maybe like what's what's in my mind's eye about what I remember about this movie, and I went back and watched a little bit of it. Um, so my imagination definitely took over because I watched this when I was really young, but it's called Destroy All Monsters. Oh, wow. And it was basically like a huge oh. battle royale of all the, you know, Godzilla, Mothra, all um, of them. Gamera? Gamera. Well, I don't think Gamera was in it. Okay. But, um, it was kind of a separate thing. Yeah. Gamera, I, he might have been. Gamera no, was Rodan, the Godzilla as like Dr. Um, Pepper was. So. Spigus, uh, Gorosaurus, Baragorn, King Geodora, um, all of them. They were all in it. Nice. Um, it's like they were on Monster Island and they broke free. Um, you know, it's just your basic, you know, kind of like Godzilla formula movie. You know, all the monsters become free from something or other. Then they just attack each other and almost destroy the city. And then, you know, the scientists have to work together to somehow figure out, like, how to get them to either go away or kill them all or something. So, yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah, man. it was really, really. Uh, As a kid, that's all you want is the, right, that's the battle all you, royale. That's all you wanted. All monsters. Right. The film is set in 1999, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so it's you also get kind of like a future B-movie as well as a monster movie in it. Um but yeah, you get Godzilla, you get them all in one, and uh, it was a good movie. I think they even made like a video game and maybe even like a comic book series. They use they 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 use the title "Destroy All Monsters." Um, I think they. I, th- and I think it was like a, yeah, it was like yeah. an, it was like an eight bit or it might have been Super NES game. Uh, but I remember when that came out, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I wonder if that's based on the movie. Which yeah, I, was I know. Pretty psyched about. I definitely I know. know. There might have been a comic too that they might have done called "Destroy All Monsters." It sounds um, familiar. I definitely have heard the title somewhere yeah. for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I also think it was one, you know, one of those first. I mean, it was basically like the Avengers for Japanese monster movies. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> they finally they, all came together because it was the, the ninth movie in the kind of like franchise. You know, they had Godzilla, then they had Godzilla fight this guy, and then they had you know Godzilla one, two, three, or whatever. Then they had Rodan and all those, and then they finally were like, "Hey, let's put them all together in Avengers one big assemble." Yeah. Yep. So they did it. Nice. Anyway, yeah. So that I've makes all, sense. Right? Always enjoyed that one. Awesome. That's cool. Okay, my number four is uh, 1960 Roger Corman film Little Shop of Horrors, the original film. Um, nice. It's one of those I ones. I forget about that. That was a B movie. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, obviously, the musical and the 80s version that they uh, remade it as are, are, are superior and more popular for sure, to say the least. But, um,. I don't know. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's an interesting little take on the story. I mean, obviously, it was the it's the er, you know this is where the whole story came from, and 
Uh, it also has like an interesting. It's like Jack, one of Jack Nicholson's first roles. He plays the kind of yeah de- crazy de- the guy that likes pain from the dentist kind right. of character. The, the Bill, Bill Murray, Murray does plays, yeah. yeah in the remake in the remake yeah, and it's just kind of that's kind of cool to see that. And the the ending's definitely the ending's different than it is from the uh, the '80s musical and whatnot. Like right. at the end, at the end, it's the, these like new buds have grown and they. Open it up, and it's like the faces of all the people he killed. And yeah, fed to the yeah, it's it's, it's more like, of a schlocky, yeah. campy B movie, uh, sci-fi movie. Oh than yeah, the original. Well, then the remake was kind of like a. I, I mean, know, it's you, like an homage a, to that kind of era. Yeah, of I, I mean, I think they took it. I think they took the whole black comedy, um, just to, just next level when they redid it. You know. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I remember it has like this kind of jazz. It's like beatnik jazz soundtrack kind of to it or whatever, you know. So right, right. I mean, it's it's and it's super short, dude. It's like seventy two minutes long, you know. Nice. It's like extremely low budget and whatnot, and um, but and again, no no B movie list is is complete without a Roger Corman movie. Yeah, or two. exactly. That's doesn't what matter I, what era. That's kind of what I felt. What decade? Too. That's exactly how I felt too. So, um, I thought it it fit in just nicely here at number four for me. So it's one of those two two that like you'll see it all the time on. If you're like digging in a bin, it's like eight horror movies for a dollar or something like that, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, like one of those disc DVDs with all kinds of uh, uh, public domain type movies that you'll find mm-hmm. that for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to find, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, so. true. And if anybody's keeping score, because um, we said pre seventies, uh, Destroy All Monsters came out in nineteen sixty eight. Ah, nice. So just, just, so just you know. right, right up there. Right up, right there. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say all mine came out in the sixties. So really, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So all right. Well, certain era of the that 60s, I like. I think this came out in the sixties, and I'm gonna check real quick. But my number number three, three is the um, classic Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, nice. The Ed I, uh, Wood film. I put that in my honorable mentions for sure. Yeah, yeah. I had to throw it on there because when I'm thinking of pre B, pre 70s B movies that I've seen that you know I appreciate that I like, um, I don't know. That's kind of Citizen Kane of of B movies, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 1959. Uh, like I said, Ed it, Wood, it, of course. It's not the best. It's definitely not the worst because we it's talked about worst. Manos. Yeah, but it's definitely it could be the most famous though. It's yeah, the or most infamous. The most infamous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the most like I mean, because it's like you could see that you know, and if anybody's seen the movie Ed Wood by Tim Burton, you can see that he was definitely a director that loved his craft and loved making movies, and so you can see the effort there. But he just didn't have any talent to do yeah. it. Yeah, he's like the Rudy of filmmakers, <laughs> dude, you know. <laughs> I mean, so it is bad. It is certainly bad. It's just not that bad, um, and it's actually kind of charming. It's you know, it's uh, it's it's fun to watch because some of the the acting is so overdone or so underdone. Um, the dialogue is is funny because it's just you you can't believe that someone like wrote this stuff at first and it's kind of it feel it feels like someone's making fun of a movie itself but it's just the dialogue that the people were you know hired to say <laughs> yeah um, uh, yeah it's just you know it's, it's got weird parts to it um, it's it's a movie that I feel like everybody's heard about but not a lot of people have seen so you should really do yourselves a favor and just watch it at least once um, just so you know like. I guess, you know, you, you, you see good movies all the time. I mean, everybody likes to go. Nobody likes to go see a bad movie. But, you know, I think this is one where you can kind of like you can appreciate what a good movie is once you've seen Plan 9 from Outer Space. So, yeah, far as, B, as far as B movie goes, too, it, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Awesome. Cool. 
All right, my number three is uh, directed by another famous uh, B-movie director of the 60s, none other than Russ Meyer and oh, Faster yeah. Pussycat. Kill, kill. Nice. So that's your number three? That is my number three. All right, yeah. well, I'll just say that's my number two. So All right, well, let's, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's kind of hard to find, too. It's hard to yeah. track down. Um, it's just, which is weird when you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's very kind of – it's kind of famous um, – you see images from it all the time. You see the movie poster from it all the time. You right. hear it references. It's kind of a famous. I mean, there's that. There's a glam metal band called Faster Pussycat. They got their name from this film. Well, I think like a lot of like filmmakers, like modern filmmakers, kind of Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino Robert Rodriguez, Edgar Wright. They kind of like have homages to that film. Oh, for sure. Um, and I even felt kind of in the new uh, Pee Wee movie. Yeah, the too. new Pee Wee movie. They have Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's the, the, total. The gang with the the girl gang or whatever. They were totally. Ripped right from this movie. Um, the first big holiday. Yeah, he was big holiday. The first time I saw this was, um, gosh, maybe ten years ago. They had a thing on Turner Classic Movies where they had um, Saturday like midnight showings of these like cult movies, and it was hosted by Rob Zombie. And so <laughs> he would like he'd be the he'd played the role of Elvira and introduce these right. films and did right. the. But it was cool because there was no commercials, so he just like it did a big old intro at the beginning and end of it. But that was the first time I was able to actually see this film because it's not easy to find on dvd or anything no. it, it's one of those that's like for some reason it's always like some european uh version or something yeah. available on region on, on your dvd and whatnot but um god the just the the imagery and the cinematography is just so cool and iconic yeah. man i mean yeah. it's like these kind of three outlaw go-go dancers you know on the on this kind of it's kind of like this desert road movie you know and yeah, crime uh, movie. Crime yeah. and uh, espionage, or and not really espionage, but just kind of. I mean, it's just a B movie, dude. It's yeah, just it's got that grungy quality. You know, it's it's race cars. It's you it's know boobs, women fighting. It's chicks. It's it's, it's boobs. Switch yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Race cars and whatnot. So, but it's totally, but it's it's totally satisfying as a movie, and it's you know Russ Meyer was all about sex exploitation but at the same time what I think what's what's endearing about this movie is that it's actually like the women are empowered oh yeah in the absolutely. Movie. so I think that's why it's kind of stood the test of time yeah and absolutely it makes are, it so good yeah exactly they are you know they're the they're not taking shit from anyone it's not like <laughs> oh poor these you know right right they're not damsels women. or anything no, like that you no, know they're actually badasses yeah yeah so yeah, pa- faster pussycat, kill, kill. That's my uh, that's yeah. my number three. It's also like Demi's best best two, titles. Yeah, killer ever. title. I just the cinematography in it is just so cool. Everything yeah. is so cool. It's black and white, but it's like super high contrast. And um, the version I was able to track down online, um, it was a pretty good like high definition transfer or something. You know, nice. so it, it it really looked. Good. Yeah, they've they've definitely done a good job with like restoring that movie a lot. I think you know I think a lot of like also like I was saying, filmmakers have seen to it that you know there's there's a better version of that movie out there, and you know yeah. they've worked at that um, with whoever owns the rights to it. I think. Yeah. Cool. Well, shoot, that was cool. Uh, your number three, my number two. So, do you want to go to your number two then? Yeah. Was that? So yeah, was, that yeah. works yeah. totally. Um, <laughs> so my number two, um, my number two is a movie we've probably talked about in this podcast several times. We talked about it in the last episode, <laughs> and it's none other than 1968's <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, George A. Romero's uh, George the, Romero. the Birth of the Zombie movie. You know, it's his first feature film. Um, 
Well, the birth of the modern zombie. Modern zombie. Modern movie, zombie yeah, because yeah, before that we kind of had zombies as far as Let like me rephrase that. Yeah. Haitian zombies yeah. or um, um, voodoo zombies. But apparently uh, the Museum of uh, Modern Art, I guess, recently had a big project to restore it. So they they just, I guess just this past weekend or a couple weeks ago, they aired, they um, screened a, this 4K restoration of, of um, Night of the Living Dead. Hmm. And George A. Romero was there and said, this is the definition, or this is the, you know, definitive. this is now the new definitive nice. version of this film. So, and I guess it had some footage restored that was lost too. Very cool. So it's like the definitive, and there's like... There's rumors of how they're going to release this thing or whatever, but right. whenever they decide to, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's a classic. It's one yeah. I've seen. That's probably the one I've seen the most for sure mm-hmm. off this list. You know, I've seen yeah. it so many times. Yeah, and I it's think me, still, me too. It's still awesome. Still amazing. And it's and it, you know, I I almost thought of leaving it off the list just because it seems so obvious. But right. sometimes you have to be obvious. So that's it's. My well, it's you know, it's got it's got everything. It's got it, like you said, it's, it's the birth of the modern zombie. It's got social commentary. Absolute, it's yeah. got um, a black guy who's like the main character, you know, and he's 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 the hero and he's the main character, and it's you know, yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy. That movie was made in 1968, and some of the mm-hmm. social commentary on that was that 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 are underlying um, themes throughout that movie. It's still valid today. Yep, yep. Which is sad but true. Yeah, you know? it holds up so well. Yeah, so well, you know. I think they should like teach it in, in like you know in schools for like you know public policy or public you know relations and things like things like that. Yeah, if if not, it should be the first movie you watch in like a history of horror movies <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, know? for sure. So uh, that's mi- my number, number two. Night that's of your day. number two. Yep. All right. Well, that gets us real quick to my number one. All right. Um, this is a movie that I've seen in like film school and I've watched like. Um, like Martin Scorsese talk about it in one of his like uh, documentaries about film and it's just always been a movie that's kind of stuck with me um, I don't know anyway it's uh, Cat People from 1942 oh cool um, that's one of those I've never seen but always Jacques Tenure heard about it and been yeah. intrigued to and it was ex- it was a total B movie when it was made it was that's, a, that's all it was considered was a B movie uh, when it was made when it came out it was made for cheap and when I mean made for cheap like they had like such a low budget that they had to figure out what was a good way. Cause, okay. So it's basically a movie that's about this um, woman who thinks that her family is uh, she's descended from a family who can turn into cats. Basically they can turn into giant cats. Well, he had Jacques Tenure had this real low budget, so he couldn't show and he couldn't afford. And if, even if he could, it would have been looking, it looked really cheap people in giant cat costumes. And yeah. so he uses like, you know, the power of suggestion and shadows and uh, sound and all these things to like, you know, just create. I mean, it, it actually becomes a scary movie and it's really well done um, with, you know, with with all with everything that he had to use. And um, like I said, it's 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 taught in schools and it's just, you know, it's it's a really well made movie. Um, that no one actually thought like, you know, this guy could could do something with the money that he had and with what he, you know, with what he did have, you know, he turned out a really fantastic movie. Cool. Yeah, that's something. They remade that too in the 80s. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like with a, like Natasha Kins. Yeah, it's like a David Bowie Kinsky? soundtrack too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
but again, it was it had a higher budget and it had you know they they could show the the woman turning into a cat and all this stuff, but that take that takes away so much from you know what what this guy was able to do. Um, like I said, he just kind of used your power of imagination to scare you, cool. you know, things like that. Um, you know, um, it's also like it's, it was also ahead of its time, and the fact that you know that the woman um, who is kind of uh, afraid of what she's going to become. It's the story of a woman w- about her psychosexual feel fear ah, fears and thing and feelings and things like that. And so, you know, her wanting to become a woman, a, a sexually powerful woman was considered of course taboo in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s and all that time. So, he also used that as commentary um to focus on that. Cool. Very cool. So yeah, always been a fun movie. About I want to see. It's that. also a good I, movie to watch too. Yeah, it's something I need to watch. I don't. I've, I've never seen that. Um, and for being so old, it will. It it is pretty scary. It is. It'll actually. You know, turn out all the lights and watch it, and it'll scare you. That's I cool. promise. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I just I read an article the other day about the 1930s Dracula. It was like, is that movie scary? You know. Yeah, and, and I don't they, think so. <laughs> yeah, and everybody says like, to, yeah, like at this day and age, it's not yeah. very scary. And it's I've, actually kind of boring. And Martin Scorsese said that cat people is just as important to American cinema as Citizen Kane was, and that's just in terms of like the direction and the writing and you know this just this whole story behind wow. the making of the movie itself. Wow, now I, so, now I really got to see this. Yeah, let's check it out. Okay, my number one, it's pushing it right there to the end, nineteen sixty nine. And it's none other than directed by Dennis Hopper, Easy Rider. <laughs> nice. Easy Rider's a B movie? Um, I guess. I mean, it's, it was low budget, you know? It was, it was, you know. All right. So I'm calling it a B movie. All right. So, um, I mean, it was, a, it was a counterculture. I mean, it was kind Definitely of a, counterculture. a slice of life of, of counterculture in the late 60s. Um, I mean, there's not a huge, uh, you know, if you're doing like a screenwriting class, there's not a huge... Uh, story in it really. yeah it's, it's, just, it's basically it's like a, a road, road movie, movie of yeah. like buddies they they scored they did this uh like cocaine score or something so they have this like money and they're just uh, kind of traveling across yes yeah, you know, i've seen these traveling, Rider, aclo- traveling st- across traveling across america yeah and um you know they they encounter like hippies and then they encounter like people like you know go to hell you fucking right right and, jocks and um and, and then they pick up our my the, <laughs> the best sidekick on my whole list here jack nicholson yeah you know? so good part of the movie is them um <laughs> jack nicholson cruising with them and stuff yeah and um i'm not going to give away the ending if you haven't seen it but um you know it's kind of one of those things kind of like uh, a death of the 60s as well you know the 60s idealism right um and it kind of just you really like uh, gave birth to like the the gritty '70s type type of filmmaking in mm-hmm. cinema that we're la- that we're gonna later see in the '70s. You know, mm-hmm. um, stuff like you know Clockwork Orange and yeah, all the Scorsese type stuff, yep. Taxi Driver yeah. stuff. It's kind it was kind of like the birth of that type of um, style and um, definitely it was a style change. Yeah, of, exactly. You know, where you had like the '60s, which was you know bright and cinemascope and all this kind of like epicness and then you know, yeah the just the gritty themes of the, mm-hmm. of the movies to come mm-hmm. it was kind of definitely feel like it gave birth to right. that totally. so so that's my number one um you know written by peter fonda and dennis hopper and then directed by dennis hopper starring peter fonda produced by peter fonda so i mean <laughs> i mean it's like basically their buddy their buddy film you know yeah. like almost like documentarian ish at some some portions of it for sure you yeah know. totally um the honorable mentions um 
Yeah, like I said, I don't really have any. I mean, I have. I, I this was, this is a hard list for me because I've all I can name are mystery science theater episodes. <laughs> yeah. As far as my honorable mentions, exactly. Sure, uh, it's one of those things. Like <laughs> for me, this was like it was kind of tough, and it was one of those times where I wish I had more time to watch some of these movies right. that I've like right. explore wanted to yeah. watch or been meaning to watch. Yeah, and uh, but I have a few. Um, Plan Nine from Outer Space, which you had mentioned. Um, uh, 19, another Roger Corman film, 1967's The Trip, written written by Jack Nicholson, and it's basically Whoa. just an LC, LSD acid movie. You know, it's about nice. it's about like Peter Fonda, and then they <laughs> they go take they go to this party and take acid, and you know, it's just w- a psychedelic little like uh, just total low budget B movie about drug drug movie. Really. Yeah, yeah. See, any kind of like movie like. If Prior, any kind of like '60s movie or '50s movie that was like a monster movie, them, The Blob, yeah. The Fly, um, any kind of House of Horror, like Vincent Price movie. All, I think all of those. If you're into horror, if you're into you know any of those kind of movies, definitely check any one of those movies out. You know, try to find like a, a marathon on on some some channel on cable and check them out because I think you know you'd be in for a good time. It's yeah, it, they're they're great. And they're a lot of movies. these are kind of like. Movies you'd want to have on in the background at like a party or something, right? Yeah, kind of just set your uh, set the mood for yeah. Because uh, you kind of see like obviously you know it's it's, it's uh, the style of the of the time you know yeah. <laughs> the characters and all that stuff. Yeah. My uh, other honorable mention I wanted to mention was um, I actually tracked this movie down and started to watch it but didn't get to finish it so it didn't make my list. But it's um, it's a 1961 film called Night Tide. And it's one of Dennis Hopper's like first roles. Damn. And it takes place kind of like on this uh, night tide. Night tide. It takes place on this like carnival boardwalk type of thing. Okay. And so he's like a sailor, and he meets this woman, and kind of like it's kind of like a mysterious love story. And she plays she plays the mermaid in this like carnival freak show sideshow mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But he kind of like it's like it's like a mystery because he's starting to believe that she actually is a mermaid. So. Okay. I haven't gotten to the end, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she is or not, but you know. Later remade so, by yeah. Tom Hanks yeah, and Ron yeah, Howard. Yeah, splash. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty like seriously. I was watching this. I'm like, dang, this sounds. This seems a little familiar, but <laughs> but it's just really cool. It's in black and white, and it's just like the atmosphere is. It was kind of just eerie, like with these like carnival rides at night mm-hmm. on the boardwalk and stuff. The cinematography really set like a cool vibe to it. So. I don't know. I want to finish watching that. Check it out. Also, the 1968 movie Head by the Monkees. They're kind of like yeah, crazy psychedelic that's thing. a good one. That's um, a good one. And that it was, was written like, by Jack Nicholson too. That's apparently. right. That's so right. Like, and you know, and that was kind of like their their um, version of Mr. Magical, uh, Magical Mystery, Mystery Tour. Tour or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It has that really cool song, the Porpoise song. Porpoise, on, yeah, yeah. On, the, it, on mm-hmm. the soundtrack, that's got a, it or it's, it's got a great soundtrack, actually. Yeah, and it's, it's kinda, one of the better Monkees. Yeah, albums. it was kind of like the Monkees psychedelic mm-hmm. album or whatever. It was their know? Strawberry Fields, yeah. their Sergeant Pepper, exactly. Or whatever you know, exactly. You so it. that's that's another honorable mention. Totally like one of those things that's underrated for sure, and um, should be uh, checked out and appreciated if you're into shit like that, weird stuff like that. If you're into the high five down the podcast, stuff like that. Right. Um, so that brings us to our low five. Um, so I don't know. I've had several conversations with people recently where 
you mention a movie that you just assume that everybody's seen or right. the people that you hang out with, people in your circle have seen. Yeah, and you always get that reaction where you're like, There's, you're trying to talk about a movie like, oh, by the way, you know, you're talking about Star Wars. You're not yeah. talking about seeing Star Wars, you're just talking about Star Wars. Yeah. And they're like, I've never seen Star Wars. Yeah. And you always have that reaction. You haven't seen that? Yeah, so our, our, our list is a bit confessional. It's where we're going to say, you know, Holy shit, Demi, you've never seen right, right. so-and-so. <laughs> so, which is also like a, a big change for us because we're going to talk about something that we've never that seen. That we've never seen, yeah. Exactly. So here comes a real uninformed conversation. Exactly. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully, I will have seen Demi's and Demi will have seen me. Hopefully. And he'll hopefully. convince me this that is what we're gonna try you need do. to watch this right. movie. So, so I'm going to – so this one was um, – it wasn't that hard for me, but – So we're um, going to call it, holy shit, you've never seen yeah, blank? Yeah, you've never seen blank. Um, so I used, uh, so I decided to, to not, not change mine up, but kind of use a little theme to it. So mine is the past, um, past winners of the best picture award for the Oscars that I haven't seen. So that's just a little clue, a little hint of what's coming. Um, these are, these are recent ones too. So, so I'm not talking about like wings from 1942 or, you know, whatever jiggly or whatever these are these are recent so okay right. uh, i'll start it off okay uh, my number five uh which i don't think is too surprising to anybody but it's uh the best picture winner from yeah uh, i lost the, the, the year the artist that's what I, was, I was just <laughs> when you mentioned this i'm like okay the artist has to be on there uh black and white uh silent, silent film movie, uh, yeah. it it, you know, a lot of criticism about it winning Best Picture. Yeah, I, um, I, I know a lot of people were like, it was derivative, very pretentious. Like they made this just specifically to impress the the, the academy, academy vo- the older academy, yeah, the voters. older yeah. academy, yeah. Vote, yeah. yeah. One of those things I've seen it too. I've seen it at the library here where we are recording this podcast <laughs> and on Blu-ray, and I've passed it up. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I I haven't seen it. I can't convince you otherwise, and I understand why you've never seen that. So you've never seen it either? No, I've never seen it either. Yeah, and I think it's just one of those that I'm probably never going to – I'm never going to, like, seek it out. You know, it'll have to be, like – I'll have to be, like, sick with, like, a flu or something, and it'll be on – and I'll just and you'll, your Wi-Fi went out, and you just right. happened to have a d- DVD copy of it. Yeah, or you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's on like channel two or something. Yeah, but I don't really see them airing it on TV either because it's a silent movie. Yeah, it's just so a very very kind of specific niche audience. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy. I I've never seen it either, and so I'm not shocked that you haven't. So I don't <laughs> know if you'll be shocked with any of mine. But my number five is 1977 David Lynch's Eraserhead. Whoa. I've never seen it. That's you know? okay. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's something. Especially since you, you went to Frederick, Frederick Leahy Film School. Film man. school. Yeah. And I mean, it's something I would be into, I think, you know. Yeah. David Lynch's you're, first. You're into horror. And for horror someone that's, weird, that's yeah. into weird horror and that kind of things, you've seen more horror movies than I have. Yeah. I've just never seen Never seen that movie. I've just Whew. never seen Eraserhead. So Crazy. I think it's on Netflix, so. Maybe I could add that to my. Yeah, I think oh, it used it was to be. At one it point. was, and I remember showing it to somebody, and it freaked them out. It was like they were like, "Why did you? Why did you make me sit through that?" That was, they were really mad at me about it. Yeah. So if that tells you anything, yeah, it's a very creepy movie. It's David Lynch, um, who you know, master of of making you feel uncomfortable and making yeah. you feel creepy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I suggest you watch it. All I mean, right. it's definitely something All that right. you All need right. to see. Well, okay. well, <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. So Right. Uh, I'll add that to my list. Right on. So that's your number five. Um, I'm trying to go to see what else was nominated the same year as The Artist. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But 
before that, I'm going to talk about my number four movie, and it is the other Best Picture winner. I think this was 2001 or 2000. It was Crash. Oh, you never saw that? I never saw Crash. Um, I just, you know, it just didn't the, – the, the trailers didn't really pique my interest. And then when it came out, it was like everybody's like it, – it felt real melodrama-y. And, yeah. And then um, I heard some people who went and saw it, and they were like, yeah, it was okay. Um, it was real, you know, kind of depressing. And I was like, eh, well, I'm not really in the mood to see that. And then it won Best Picture, and I don't know, it just kind of made me mad because I know I think there were other movies that were more deserving of it. Um yeah, I mean, I I've seen it. I saw it in the theater, I think, and I do I, know, it was yeah. one of those movies where I was like, okay, that was good. I see what they were trying to do. Right, it was right. kind of like a it was kind of like an anthology thing where these, yeah, it was an anthology some movie. Some stories I heard. were kind of intertwined mm-hmm. with people, mm-hmm. and it was basically like like uh, commentary on like living in Los Angeles and being disconnected from people and right. living in your own little bubbles and stuff, right. which it's well, funny. Uh, Nowadays, things have just gotten more <laughs> disconnected right. and living in bubbles and, I, and stuff. And it was nominated as the same, in the same year as like Brokeback Mountain and Munich. And I think a lot of people were upset that Brokeback Mountain, like they like, Brokeback Mountain shouldn't have, should have got it. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies. I saw it. And I've never seen it again. And I've I think, never I think thought, that's, that's like, the oh, thing I need to watch like that again. I need to revisit it. And I think it's one of those movies that I don't think it's aged well, you know? If right. you rewatch it, right. you'll be like, man, that is so early 2000s. And, f- and for winning Best Picture, you, you think it's, you know, one of the criteria is it's, it has to stand the test of time. Yeah. You know, and I it's think more people. looked <clears> back <throat> on as, like, part of the, you know. More people still talk about Brokeback Mountain than they do, you know, than that's they will true. Crash. That's true. Um, crash has kind of been forgotten. And Maybe they just weren't ready for Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> That's my guess, you know? Well, yeah. So, Maybe I mean, I don't know. Crutchfield I mean, Academy. <laughs> exactly. So that's my number four. Is that my number okay. four? Yeah. So Crash. All right. My number four is a movie that just turned 20 years old uh, this year, and it is none other than Space Jam. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never seen Space Jam. Came out in '96. Like your it, sister? No, I've never seen it. Man, no. I figured your sister would have had like a the jersey and no, everything. I mean, she was into that's Looney crazy. Tunes, but I don't think she really cared about basketball much, or Michael Whoa. or Michael Jordan. But yeah, I've never seen it. It's one of those things that like when I worked at the NBA, like all the people that were maybe like three or four years younger than me, like that was their jam. Literally, that was their space wow. jam, you know, like wow. they grew up on that I, film. And I'm like thinking in 96, I cared about other things, man. I cared about, I don't know, I think Nirvana. I, saw that. <laughs> I think you know? I saw that with my brother when it first came out in the theater. See, that seems like a movie you would have took Vito to go yeah, see. Yeah, my brother who was like seven years my junior. I took him to see that. So I would have been like, in, yeah, I would have been a senior in high school. So. And yeah, he would have been around 11 or 12. So he was into it. Yeah, exactly. Um for people who don't know, you know, it's Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. The Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. And they and got like to Bill Murray's in it, too. Bill, right? Murray, Bill Murray's great in it, by the way, because Bill Murray plays himself. And yeah. So he's fantastic. He's just like super fan or something. Crazy. Yeah. He plays golf and there's just scenes that are just kind of like stitched together. And I saw it again at like a midnight showing like 10 years ago. And it was like with just, I don't know, with these people I, w- I go to work with, I, I used to work with. And they were like, hey, let's go see Space Jam. And yeah. it'll be fun. And, <laughs> you know, it didn't really hold up very well. But, yeah. you know. Was, see, was, that's one of those things, like, it seems like it, it's a pure nostalgia piece. And if you never uh, had a connection to it when you were in that influence, you know, that, that, yeah. that era when it first came out, then it'll do nothing for you now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, believe it or not, I've never seen Space Jam. Never seen Space yeah, Jam. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I, yeah. Well, that's that's you know, it's all right. It's it's. I'm not going to tell you to see that one because it's like, eh. I mean, you could show you could show Maceo Space Jam. Yeah, maybe he'll be into that because if he on. likes Bugs Bunny, he kind of likes basketball now. So oh, well, then there you go. If he likes, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, well, uh, maybe I'll see that one eventually too. All right, so my number three is that we're on number three. Yeah, my number three is I, okay. I have to admit, I started watching this movie, so I saw like maybe the first 20 minutes, and then I, something happened. I went to go eat, or I fell asleep. I don't remember what happened. But it's uh, Oscar winner from mm, 2000 and soon, uh, Million Dollar Baby by Clint Eastwood. Oh wow! Yeah, that was another one of those you know serious. Yeah, I, I just you know I've, I have such bad track record with uh, seeing films that are nominated for Best Picture. Um, I always try to get to him, but it's, that was one where yeah. I was like, eh, kind of came and went. Yeah, and then you know, I was, and then I think I heard too much about it. Yeah, that's another one. I yeah, that's kind of one that I think got spoiled, and it's <laughs> it's incredibly depressing, man. Yeah, it's a downer for sure. <laughs> and yeah, it's one of those. It was good, and I think another Hillary, one of those. Hillary Swank won the Oscar for that too, actress, I believe. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, and I mean, she did an. The last thing she did. She did amazing. And then she disappeared off the face yeah. of the earth. <laughs> that was, I mean. Um, yeah, it was, it was it won a good movie. 2004. It's worth watching, dude. I mean. Um, but it's, it beat out Ray. So there you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're both good movies. And Sideways. Honestly. They're both good movies, but, uh, I mean, I can see why it won, dude. You know, I can see why it won, too. It, it, you know, like you said, it kind of, like like you said before, like the artist pandered to the. Yeah, yeah. It has everything likes. you want. Yeah. You know. In a best picture. A yeah. boxing movie and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Somehow boxing is like one of the most cinematic sports, you know. Right. Right. Um, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Very weird. So, yeah, that's that's my number three. All right. My number three is. I mean, this is recent film. It just came out in 2014. But, you know, the kind of uh, stuff I'm into, you would expect that I would have seen this by now. <laughs> and it's none other than The Babadook. Babadook. The Babadook. Babadook. I don't know. I've heard it pronounced. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced both ways. So, um, yeah, it's this horror movie about, like, a little kid's children's book that this kid gets and mm-hmm. kind of unleashes this monster yeah, and, um, yeah. critically acclaimed yeah I've every, I mean the trailer looked amazing too it does yeah and it's one of those things I ha- I actually have the blu-ray sitting on really? my it's on Netflix too yeah and it's on Netflix and yeah. I have the blu-ray sitting <laughs> on my TV at home and yeah, I still it, haven't watched it because I've heard it's pretty crazy and, and um, I, I had suggested watching it with my wife a few times and then one of her best friends has seen it, and he's like, "Don't watch that; it'll wow. kill your soul if you're a parent." Really? You know? Whoa. Yeah. So like, Whoa. so I told him, you know, I was like, "I don't want to watch it. I'm scared." You know, like, <laughs> I don't it want it. To, to I don't want genuinely. It. That yeah. Was, that was one, that and was like, one of as the, a uh, parent, you know, like, I, she's like, "I don't want it to kill myself. I don't want to watch." Right. Right. So I figured something I'm gonna have to watch, like, you know, by myself or something yeah. sometime. I think but, that, was, um, that was one of the praises for it too. Is that it was a genuinely really good scary movie, and I yeah. I, I did watch. It. I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. And one yeah, of our it's, One of my buddies, actually Kurt Krober, who was on our podcast before, we were talking about that, and he's like, "It's totally like a metaphor for postpartum depression, dude. That's what it's uh, all about, man." Oh yeah, know? I and can it, see he's that. He's like, "Yeah, don't let your wife watch it. It I will kill her." That. So yeah, that, that that totally makes sense. So, that's true. 
That's but, true. God, it, the trailer looks so cool. Mm-hmm. And, like it's so mm-hmm. like stylized. You it's know? that old stool, like I was talking about with with cat people. It's that old style of of horror where it's more about what you don't see. Yeah. That scares you than what you actually yeah. do see. You know, yeah. there's, there's no there's no like scary monster that's gonna jump out. You know, there's no like you know killer who's gonna slice some girl's throat or something like that. It's not blood and gore. Yeah. It's about what you don't see. Yeah, that, that, so. that frightens you the most. I'm gonna What's watch it though. I'm going to, but <laughs> I haven't. Holy Just gotta God, take a deep breath and yeah. dive in, dude. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Rip that Band-Aid off. Do it. All right. So my number two is the 2009 winner for Best Picture, and that is The Hurt Locker. I've never seen that either. (laughs) It's one that I kick kick myself that I've I've had so many opportunities to watch this movie. I've seen it, like, on, you know, uh, Netflix and HBO Go, and I've had the DVD myself. I think I got it from the library one time, and it just sat there until it was gone. I had it on when I used to have Netflix DVDs. That was one that I had forever (laughs) and didn't send back. Yeah, and finally you just send those finally back. Just send like, it Are we back? ever going to watch this? Right, now? and never saw it, never watched it. And yeah, I kicked myself, and I want to watch it so bad, and it's it's kind of, it's past its due date. It's past the, you know. Yeah, um, well, yeah I've never seen it either, so. So, it's, and, you know. I've, I've seen just, pieces of it. I feel like I've let my, let my cinephile self down by not seeing this because I've heard so many good things about it. Of course, it won Best Picture. Yeah. And it was deserving, I heard. And Catherine so, Bigelow. Yep, Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker. Jeremy Renner. All those guys. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm a little ashamed about that one. So. Yeah. This. That's what. Dude. Okay. My next two are like some big ones that you're gonna be like. Most people (laughs) are like when I reveal these to people. All right. I can't believe it. So um, my number two is 1999's The Boondock Saints. Uh. Yeah. That's. A lot of people. They're like, what? That seemed like a movie you would have recommended to me to watch or whatever. And the irony of it is I, I've never seen the Boondock Saints, <laughs> but I have seen the 2003 documentary Overnight that's like a docu- documentary about the, about about the making, making of the movie, it. Yeah, yeah. which I think is a better movie, that's, honestly. Okay. Well, then I watched the better movie. I think but, you watched the better movie. But, I, yeah, it's about, you know, follows the guy Troy Duffy, the mm-hmm. uh, director, and he – He's just kind of an asshole, dude. Basically, yeah, like which is he, basically what the movie feels like too. <laughs> oh well, then I, then I'm not missing nothing. I guess the only thing interesting is the you know Norman Reedus, the guy Daryl from Daryl from Dead, Walking Dead, is in it. He's one mm-hmm. of the Boondock Saints. I'm yeah, assuming. it's about these two brothers, like assassins or yeah, something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, the documentaries like this dude is like a, he's like like works at a bar and has like he's in like some shitty band called yeah. the Brood and yeah. he um. Sells the script to like Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. and then he just mm-hmm. all of a sudden thinks he's the hottest shit right. in the world, and yeah, then that's basically ends what up it directing is. this yeah. movie. And then, but yeah. like by the end of the documentary, like it's been like six years since Boondock Saints come out, and he's has no other Hollywood offers. He's broke, and yeah, it's and like I think he's made part two of it. I think there was finally. a directed DVD part yeah. two that and came there's out. Rumors of part three because that's what everyone was like. Oh, Daryl's gonna get killed in Walking Dead because he's gonna be in Boondock yeah, Saints part three. Whatever. But, I think it was definitely like kind of like the beginning of like the frat bro culture type of movie. Okay. Um, Pulp where Fiction you, for bros. Yeah, yeah. Where I think this this guy was like he basically he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I think Harvey Weinstein might have been looking for the next. Everyone's looking for the next Pulp Fiction, the next yeah. Robert Rodriguez yeah, Desperado, yeah. and that's what this movie like reeks of. So this guy was like, oh, I got an idea. These two guys who have guns. Yeah. And that's it. And that's yeah. it. And it's kind of stylish because they're it's different because they. They they took like I think what he I don't know it was like he took like the, yeah, the idea Caesar of Jules <laughs> in Pulp Fiction who's like I'm gonna follow the path of the righteous man I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a man of God and travel around the world and so he, he kind of like 
took little bit, bits and pieces from that, little bits and pieces from Desperado, so little bits and pieces from scenes, but yet the Gecko killers. Brothers from Dust Till Dawn. And so, yeah, he just kind of like cobbled all these things together. And I, ugh, I, the movie would just, I don't know. The movie felt pretentious to me. Like, all right. Well, uh, then I don't uh, feel like I'm missing anything, but, but it's mostly the documentary reaction. is much, much better. Yeah. Much, much better. Well, I watched that on Netflix. So, so definitely watch that one. Um, and skip, skip the movie. <laughs> all right. That brings us to. The Num- number number one. one, holy! Yeah, you haven't seen that. And this, this, this is a little soon, so maybe it's like you know, it's not like so crazy because maybe some other people haven't seen it as well yet. But it's something I am trying to get around to, and I'm just kind of like, like you, I gotta just rip that bandaid off. <laughs> but it was the winner for best picture back in way back in 2013, um, and it is 12 Years a Slave. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So that is that's one. a good movie. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, that's, and that's really good. And that's just one that I. You know, it's like, you know, it's kind of like you just got to, like, really take a deep breath and just, I know this is going to be rough. I know it's going to be hard to watch, but I got to do it. So The funny thing about all these (laughs) best pictures that are on your list, the ones that I have seen, they're like one and done. I saw them once and like, oh, that was a good movie, but never. I don't, I don't expect. like, oh, I got to watch that again. Yeah. I don't expect 12 Years a Slave to be like, you know, on constant, on any rotation. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be one and done for me too. Not because it's a bad movie, but because it's going to be really rough. Yeah. Oh, Um, that was good. That was good, man. Whoa. I forgot about, I totally, see, I forgot about that. Yeah. And again, it's one of those movies where I've had opportunities to see it. You know, I I was at, I was literally at the movie theater and I chickened out. Yeah. I was like, no, I'd let's say go watch see this that. instead. I'd say watch that before let's Million, go see a million Pixar Dollar movie. Baby and Crash, you know. Go in reverse order <laughs> on those ones that I have seen. So Right on. Yeah. So, yeah, 12 Years a Slave. That's the one that I'm, I'm going to get to one of these days. All right. Here's my big confession. All right. Here. Confession. Oh, okay. Big confession. Number one movie that I haven't seen, 1995's, directed by Mel Gibson, none other than Braveheart. <laughs> I've never seen Mel Braveheart. Gibson's. I've never seen Braveheart. Oh my god, that movie's on so many times during <laughs> know, the day. I know. How could you not see well, it? Well, I've man? seen chunks like of it when it was stumble, on TNT. Like you could stumble and fall down and watch that yeah, movie, man. Yeah. But I mean, it was one of those that was super long. It's this epic thing. It was two VHS tapes. It, it is super long, and it's one of those like it doesn't I feel super never, long though. Well, because it must be good, right? Right, I mean, right, right, right. But it's just one of those that like I never, completely historically inaccurate. I, I somehow missed. I just missed Braveheart, man, and but, I never was like, oh, I gotta see it. You know, like, I mean, I think when it came out, like in the er, mid '90s, mid to early '90s, I yeah. just really wasn't also the best picture winner. Yeah. So there you go. There we go. But I just, I don't know. I just, I wasn't into like period pieces, you know. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't relate to that, man. You know? <laughs> I can't relate to that. I can't relate, I can't to, relate like to, to 12th century Days to Confuse, Scottish. even though that's a period piece. Too. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, that's, that is surprising because I feel like that movie is just. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, dude, I've seen pieces out of it, scenes of it a million times on. You know, I know that it was like in heavy rotation on TNT at one point. You know, oh it was yeah, like it's probably on the, right now. That and the Green Mile, where they're like two go-to movies. Oh or yeah, whatever. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But um, no, I've never sat down and wow. watched the whole thing. You know, I've heard, I, mean, I hear people quote it and stuff. Yeah, and like, uh, it's just like that's no. true. That's true. But I've never seen Braveheart. So. I've, I've seen that movie a, a, quite a few times. Um, yeah, my 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 parents are big fans of that movie. And say what you will about Mel Gibson, but he did make a pretty good movie. He did make a very good like. I mean, it's kind. Of, it feels almost like more like an action movie. If what yeah. Game of Thrones well, does I liked, now. I like the Apocalypto is cool. Man. Any yeah. any Game of Thrones battle scene that you've seen. Yeah. On that show, 
taken from Braveheart. All I right. swear, every sing, every single one, it looks like a battle scene from Braveheart. All battle right. scenes are great. It's 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 got great kind of like um, gory action, which I think is done really well. Um, yeah. It's not like anything that I, I w- I'd seen before by that by then. Yeah, I think um, I that, mean, that was time. kind of a thing around that time, you know, like. Uh, Saving Private Ryan had like mm-hmm, really gory action mm-hmm, too and yeah. stuff, and I guess that was just kind of like, kind of like in the you're in the muck, you're in the mud. Yeah, um, I mean they never showed blood like King Arthur and shit. Before, right, exactly, you know? exactly. So you're seeing these guys fight with swords, and you're seeing oh, this is what a sword or this is what an axe can really do to somebody. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it I mean, I remember in film school, lots of people loved it, worshipped it. You know, it was one of those they, things. They, wow. I don't know about yeah. Oh, I mean, there was funny. a handful of people. <laughs> that's kind of funny. There was a handful of people that did, and that and that almost kind of just gave me backlash against. Them. Yeah, because it's. I don't want to watch that fucking blue face Mel Gibson bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. I, it's worth a watch. All I mean, right. if nothing well, else. Someday. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like Titanic, where Titanic doesn't feel like three hours. Yeah. Braveheart doesn't feel like three hours. There's, there's, there's parts of it that kind of stretch out, but yeah. Uh, other well, than that. Someday. It's a solid movie. All right. Someday. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Said, I said with a shrug. It's one of those, Naomi has quoted it or said something for a few times. I'm like, you know what? I've What's the quote? That. I don't know something about I love you. I love you. Always have or oh. something like <laughs> Always have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you mentioned like that. in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I love you. Always have. Yeah. I think that's how it goes or something. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> like, um, no, I haven't ever seen Braveheart. It's kind of a who's yeah, who of British what? actors, too. What? Like, you watch that movie now, and you're like, oh, I forgot that guy's in it. There's all these, like, young faces that you see, and you're like, he's in it, and he's in it. Wow. Gotcha. Anyway. Except for Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Who doesn't that, even have an accent in the movie? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> kind of like Kevin Costner. Yeah. And his accent in Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. Prince of Thieves. Prince yeah. of Thieves. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode here, our B-movies and movies we've never seen. Holy moly. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, email us at the high five download podcast at gmail.com. Also, give us a rating uh, or review on iTunes. We appreciate that for sure. And if you're interested in a High Five Download podcast sticker, email <laughs> me as well. I can make that happen for sure. And um, Send you through snail mail. Yeah. And uh, join us next time. We're going to go. It's going to be episode 20, man. We've, we're going right to have 20 episodes that came out in our inaugural year here 2016 so we're going to do a best of 2016 our five favorite things of 2016 he said sarcastically yeah and so uh <laughs> i'm going to try to get us a guest too maybe maybe somebody that's already been on the show maybe a little maybe a little return a return for mm-hmm. reflection upon past our favorite five things in pop culture of this right. past year yeah so um Join, Join us. us then, and uh, another. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.